Hello and welcome to Housekeeping with Elk and Meerkat. I'm Meerkat. And I'm Elk. We are a husband and wife who love house, TV, medical research, and basically anything random trivia. You're not really here to learn about us. Um, all that you need to know is that neither of us are doctors of any kind, and nothing that we talk about on this podcast should ever be taken as medical advice. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'll just say right off the bat, I'm... Not a doctor. Kind of an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm not a doctor. I'm not trained in that. But uh, very interested in medical stuff. I you know, went to school for psychology, and that's oh, kind of medicine. You have like a piece of paper with that on it. Yeah, somewhere. I don't oh, know there what we it's go. called. So you're, uh, you know stuff. Well, I know of things. <laughs> that's fair. You know? Okay, that's fair. I know some things. Very little. <laughs> Just enough. Okay, well, uh, I guess, uh, do we want to talk about why we wanted to do this, or sure. what we're, we're going for? You're better at doing the talking stuff, oh. as they'll find out, so you talk. <laughs> I, I guess. Um, well, we have been wanting to do a podcast for a while. Quarantine is uh, not a very fun experience. Fairly boring. Deep, deep hole of depression. <laughs> And we've been watching a lot of TV, and uh, we had an idea for a podcast, which kind of got shelved. It, it may come into play at some point, but... Uh, Don't tell them that it's a secret. I know, I'm not even going to tell them. Secret. Okay. Uh, but we decided that since uh, she really likes medical stuff, and, and I love television, that a house would be a good one. Uh kind of interested you don't watch a lot of tv why why did you want to why did you like house why did you start watching house um so i started watching house forever ago like when new episodes were still coming out i don't even know when house started airing um Man, it was like 2003 2005 yeah it was like that. it's been a while it's been a while um <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> here we go but so when new episodes were still coming out and i was younger um I just fell in love with it. I have always been a bit of an asshole. Um, so I really just really connected with it. Um, I've always liked medical stuff. When I was growing up, my dad would always watch ER. Um, so I just grew up watching that. And then with House, like the way that they jump around and they're like, oh, we just know everything about every disease ever out there. And you can have a cough and we can diagnose you with this crazy disease. It was just always really interesting to me. Um, and actually, in high school, I did a couple of reports on diseases that are mentioned in-house. Um, so I'm sure we'll get into those as we get to those episodes. Um, but yeah, it's just a very bingeable series. Um, it's one that I, I don't get tired of. I could just watch it all the time. And especially in college on the Clue Network, every Sunday was a house <laughs> marathon. And that's all I did. <laughs> watch house. I remember watching it watching it whenever I was a bit younger when it first started and we always picked up like just one episode here or there it was never like a, oh the new house is on tonight let's all gather on the tv and watch it um I liked it back then but my uh my tv watching experiences were a bit weird when I was in like middle school and you high had school. siblings to share the tv with yeah I did and, not and so uh we had to kind of compete over what we're going to watch and how we're going to watch it. It's, it's and not really a kid's show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, my parents, um, ex-stepdad, I guess, in particularly, in particular, in particular, man, 
he didn't like shows that like crass stuff happens and oh, house is very word. blunt and yeah kind of foul in a way or whatever and so we would watch it sometimes but he would do something and he'd just be like oh that's so inappropriate so we didn't watch it a whole lot um but now that i'm older and i watch what i damn well please we're adults we're adults and this is a this is a show i like i like that initially it was just kind of a disease of the week sort of show like disease or affliction of the week sort of thing um and that doesn't necessarily keep you there long term because if you only do that for eight seasons straight it, it, it gets, gets kind boring of, yeah it gets old but repetitive yeah as the show goes on you start having overarching narratives for each season and then for the show at large and all of that and that kind of stuff i really liked so when we sat down to watch through the whole thing together for the first time a few years ago, I liked it. Yeah. It fun. And here we are. So, yeah, as you can probably tell, um, Elk will be talking more about the plot of the show, um, the characters themselves, and then I'll be jumping in with the medical stuff. So, do you want to get us started with a kind of a plot summary? Of season one, episode one, which is the pilot episode, but also called Everyone Lies, affectionately yep. by fans. Fans, yeah. That's uh, the the name in some overseas markets that was actually the, the official name, but unofficially here in America, that's what a lot of fans call it. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the episode. Okay, so uh, first I'll go through the uh, cast list here. Um... The main cast stars uh, Hugh Laurie as Dr. Gregory House. Never heard of him. Well, yeah, I wonder why they called the show House. That's it's just a lie. Uh, <laughs> he is a pathologist, a nephrologist, and a, he received a residency in infectious disease as well. In the show, he is the head of diagnostic medicine. Uh, Liesel Edelstein. Wow. Liesel. <laughs> Vin Liesel. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Let's do it. Lisa Edelstein as Dr. Lisa Cuddy. Uh, she's an endocrinologist and the dean of medicine for the hospital, uh, as well as the head administrator. Uh, Omar Epps as Dr. Eric Foreman. Uh, he is part of the diagnostic team and is their neurologist. Robert Sean Leonard as Dr. James Wilson. He is uh, an oncologist at the hospital and House's closest friend. Uh, Jennifer Morrison is Dr. Allison Cameron, uh, who's an immunologist on the diagnostic medicine team. And then Jesse Spencer as Dr. Robert Chase, the intensivist and uh, surgeon for the diagnostic team. Uh, I'll also go over the guest stars who uh, some viewers may recognize from other things. This is one of my favorite things to do when I'm watching a show or movie is find some random person and be like oh that's this person on this movie it says ridiculous special talent that's my thing it gets annoying does it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's my thing and hopefully it, it helps other people out too um so in this episode uh we have robin tunney as rebecca adler she uh, is the main patient for the episode um her other works include Sarah Bailey on The Craft, one of the main characters there, Deborah on Empire Records, Agatha Kane on the recent Netflix, excuse me, Netflix movie Horse Girl, 
right. Um, she's also been on The Mentalist as Teresa Lisbon, and she plays Veronica Donovan on Prison Break. Any of those uh, sound familiar? Horse Girl. Right. <laughs> uh, Rekha Sharma as Melanie Landon, Rebecca's friend and fellow teacher. She plays Lorelai Singh on The 100, Tori Foster on Battlestar Galactica, and she was an episode on an episode of Supernatural as Kali. Uh, let's see, who else we got here? Uh, someone who's billed as Asthma Mom. It's fun. Her name <laughs> we'll, is... We'll get to that. <laughs> Maya Massar. Uh, she's the mom of the kid who comes in sick with asthma problems. Um, she was the Wicked Witch of the West on Supernatural. Uh, Mother Buckner is her billing name. Or the zombie mom of That's the... That's an easy one to mess up. <laughs> of the resurrected family Mother on Buckner. the movie... Oh, wow. <laughs> the movie Cabin in the Woods. Um, she is the zombie mom. There we go. So asthma mom, zombie mom. She's got some... There's a lot of different some roles moms here. Yeah. Uh, Ava Hughes, she is one of Rebecca's students. The uh, one who she talks to in the beginning of the episode asking how her weekend was. Um... She was on an episode of Supernatural, and if you've ever seen the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies, she is Marley on those. And then lastly, we have Andrew Airely, who plays the Orange Man. Dun, dun, dun. It's not a superhero, nor a villain, kind of. Well, he's, nah, he's, he's not the villain. No. He's, he doesn't last. He's fine. Um, his main recognizable role would be as Christian Grey's father on Fifty Shades of Grey. Not that, that I would recognize that. I have never seen the, the movies. I thought you tried to make me go to the theater to see it with no. you and your friends. At Is one that point. really my? That's not my thing. I think you wanted to to go like hate watch it at some oh, point. Yeah, I would totally watch it and make fun of it. I don't know if that or love it. it. Actually Who knows? Ever materialize? There was a plan. I haven't seen them, so no. Okay. I... Well, I have not either. No. Good for us. That's what you want them to think. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into the episode. So, uh, in the beginning of the episode, we find out Rebecca works as a kindergarten teacher. Um, she arrives at work late, starts kind of shooting the breeze with uh, her fellow teacher, and when she gets into class and is talking to her students, she suddenly loses the ability to form words uh, vocally with her mouth. This is known as dysphagia, which we will get into in a moment. Um, she is able to write on the board to ask someone to call the nurse before she collapses in a grand mal seizure. So let's get into the medicine of that. What, uh, what are both of those things? What do those mean? So there's dysphagia, which is what we're going to talk about here. And then there's also dysphagia. So I personally say dysphagia and dysphagia. Um, that's how I... Oh, dysphagia. Daddy dysphagia. Oh. <laughs> um, that's how I differentiate. Um, one of them is with an S, one is with a G. It's very confusing. You would think they would come up with some better differentiated words. Anyway, so dysphagia with the S is what we're talking about here. So this is a language problem. Um, so difficulty with verbal communication, actually forming words. The one with the G is a swallowing disorder. Um, you get it a lot after strokes also from other things, of course, but uh, you have difficulty with chewing, again, swallowing, stuff like that. So she's having dysphagia, which is the language part. Um, 
and she does end up having a seizure. Um, really, simply put, a seizure is just uncontrolled electrical stuff going on in your brain. Um, it's a disturbance. They can be caused by a million different things. Um, and most people probably when they think of a seizure, they think of right epile- on the ground. Well, or- yes, I was gonna say either epileptic epileptic seizures. Um, where yeah, this happens to a person like pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, or like after a head injury or something. Right. Um, you know maybe you've maybe you've seen it. Hopefully you haven't. It's disturbing. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty much you lose control of your body. There are ranges of severity, um, and there's there's tons of other kinds of seizures as well um, where you aren't doing that writhing on the ground. But in this case, she's having one where she loses control. So we see her first, you know, she's in the middle of a sentence, she's doing just fine, and then she can't form words anymore. You see her trying. She knows what she's trying to say, but it's not coming out. She recognizes that it's not coming out. Yeah. Um, she manages to write, call for help. So obviously she has control over part of mm-hmm. the language in her brain um and then she goes into that seizure well we kind of see her like see things from her point of view for a second and yeah it doesn't really seem like her vision is blurring or whatever but it does look like she's kind of swaying and something's wrong um i i feel like yeah they they did that just to I don't know if that's necessarily supposed to be like a part of the condition yet or if that's more her panicking at not being able to form words but yeah i think a little of both it's she's very disoriented mm-hmm. um and maybe a little confused and you can kind of see it on her face too like she knows she's trying to talk and she knows that what's coming out is making no sense and i feel like if i were all of a sudden to not be able to speak i would kind of panic yeah. a little bit so maybe it's just a a mixture of those um maybe that seizure is already kind of setting in a lot of electrical impulses are firing that her brain is having a hard time making sense of so yeah she's having a she's having a rough moment <laughs> well we see pretty much immediately that something's going on probably with her brain yep. um so we jump into the first time where we meet dr wilson and dr house um this is a full month later after her initial seizure and, and admittance to the hospital um for the past month or so they've been looking for what's wrong and the working theory right now is that she has a brain tumor uh dr wilson is telling house that he wants him to take the case and house doesn't want to because it's not interesting enough brain tumors aren't interesting to him um but wilson wants him to take the case because rebecca is his cousin and they've been treating for brain tumor for the past month with uh, radiation and they checked for all of the common protein markers that would be there with a brain tumor, and those have all come back negative. So he, though they're working off the theory that it's a brain tumor, thinks it might be something else and wants House to help. Well, and he would know because he's an oncologist. Yes, so he is an oncologist, so he would he would have a good idea. He's supposed to, as it kind of comes up later in the episode, but he's always going to assume through that lens that whatever he's looking at is potentially cancer. Like yeah, he, he's gonna that's what he's always looking reason. for, yeah. because he's the cancer doctor. That's what he does. Okay, so uh, after he convinces House to take the case and tells him, hey, you've got a whole team of overqualified doctors to look at this, Kill and they're, 
They're straight <laughs> chilling right now. Uh, maybe get them to work. Uh, House takes it back to his team. Um, they, after discussing it, after discussing the symptoms and the fact that treatment hasn't been working, each come up with their own theory of what it could be. And each one's theory uh, very much has to do with their area of expertise. Um, Dr. Chase thinks it's uh, an aneurysm or a stroke or some other kind of ischemic syndrome. Uh, and as a uh, intensivist and the, the surgeon that would usually or typically might involve some, you know, type of invasive yeah, procedure. So he's probably looking for maybe not necessarily an invasive procedure, but like not a disease or like not anything bacteria driven or um, pathogen driven. Like he's he's more likely to look for, hey, your body went wrong somewhere. Yeah. Um, kind of like with that seizure, you know, something went wrong. Kind of the same idea with him um, looking at it as a stroke. He's like, okay, yeah, she's young for this, but I mean, anyone this age that all of a sudden is collapsing and having seizures, like that's odd. So, um, but he's more likely to look for things that he sees a lot and strokes happen in people of all ages yeah and i mean to be honest what happens to her isn't what we find out it is in the in the end is not all that far off from a yeah. stroke it's just the reason that she had it was isn't not exactly, what he was thinking yeah. yeah um so that's what he goes with uh cameron thinks it might be mad cow disease yeah so mad cow disease in humans is uh a variant. It's Kreutzfeldt-Jakob. Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Did you say Jakob or Jacob? Kreutzfeldt-Jacob. Jakob. Jakob. <laughs> Jakob. It's way more fun to say it that way. Let me put this out here in the first episode. Listen, I research how to pronounce this stuff, but there's only so much I can do, okay? Um, a lot of different languages. They come uh, from a lot yeah. of different... That and just even different parts of, like, when I was in school doing nutrition and dietetics, if I had a teacher from India versus a teacher from Texas, they mm -hmm. could say all the exact same stuff completely different. So yeah. I I may have learned things wrong also. So we're going to do our best to pronounce everything the way it's supposed to be. If you actually have knowledge of this stuff <laughs> and would to like to know. correct us, please do because we want to make sure we get it as accurate as we can. Just do it politely, damn it. Yes. Um... Okay, so with mad cow, some of the symptoms, um, you get muscle issues, um, you can have confusion, you can have speech issues. So I can see why this would be a consideration, um, especially, again, with her background. She's more likely to be looking for something like this. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not like a bad guess. And again, it actually kind of ends up not being, it, it is far off, like that's not what it is at all, but she's almost on the right track. A little bit which I think is interesting I don't know you know who knows how the writers decided on what diseases to throw out there as their initial diagnoses yeah. but I just thought it was interesting well and I suppose that's kind of the the benefit of having three different uh diagnosticians each with a different background on on the case like aside Four, from if you count house, uh, house yeah. yeah um they all look at it from from different angles and all of them are a little bit right, but they always have to find out the exact, like, what is all the way right gotta, problem. Gotta work together. 
as a team. Everything is awesome. Okay. <laughs> um. So what does, who do we have left? Foreman. What does Foreman, Foreman think? Uh, Foreman thinks it is, I'm going to butcher this. Here we go. Wernicke's encephalopathy. There you go. Um, yes, he does. So encephalopathy is a brain disease. This is a general term. Um, so it can cover a lot of things. Um, it is a brain disease that alters brain function or brain structure. So encephalopathy itself is not the diagnosis, but that's like, does that make sense? Kind of. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's an umbrella term. Okay. Kind of like. Um, like saying it's an infection. Okay. Yeah. But that doesn't pretty really much. help yeah. us. Um, so Wernicke's mm-hmm. is, there's two different speech areas in your brain. There's uh, Broca's mm-hmm. and Wernicke's. Um, so Broca's area, you can understand speech, but you can't produce it. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's an issue with it, I guess. Uh, whereas Wernicke's, like, words just have no meaning. They could be babbling on with a bunch of sentences that have absolutely no meaning and making up words, but they think it makes sense. Which is weird to me that they went with that one. Because that's Instead obviously not what she's doing. Yeah, because she, she can was, still write on the board. Yeah, and she, she was able to communicate yeah, exactly she knows what she needed. Yeah, what she's saying doesn't make sense. So, I for me, the Broca's area would make more sense, but... I, again, who knows why they made that choice. Or <laughs> we can't decide. Foreman's the doctor. Foreman's the doctor. Eric Foreman, not to be confused with the That 70s Show one. Well, since they have uh, three different choices, three different paths to take, uh, House just tells each of them to test for the one they're looking for. Just yeah. run the test. He wants them to do every single one of them. It's not his money. Um, so... Uh, they decide to do an MRI. Um, I'm guessing that's just kind of a, a standard thing that you would do, especially if it seems to have something to do with the brain. Yeah, MRIs are super useful for a lot of things, but it is a very quick way to um, get a look at stuff and the best way to get a look inside there yeah. without, you know, cutting somebody's skull open. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I should mention earlier we had seen the team looking at, I think it was a CT scan that they had taken of her brain. Um, and they saw what looked like a lesion on her brain. They have not, based especially on the treatment they've been giving her, they haven't been able to determine that it is some type of uh, cancer or malignancy or whatever, just, just a, lesion. a lesion on her brain. Um, so now we're doing an MRI to look more inside and around and it functioning and all of that stuff. Um, and when she goes in, she complains about uh, not feeling comfortable and then she stops breathing and they go in and they pull her out and uh, they recognize that her throat has closed up because they try to give her air through her mouth. So the team's surgeon, Chase, grabs a scalpel and gives her a tracheotomy and they intubate her, which saves her life. Um, They determine on a little bit later on that she had an allergy to the, oh, here we go, gadolinium <laughs> dye. Yeah, gadolinium. Um, used for the MRI. So tell us a little bit about all that stuff. So um, let's start with, 
let's just start with gadolinium. So this is the main contrast dye that's used for MRIs. Um, if you have gotten an MRI, maybe they gave you an IV with contrast. Sometimes they use it, sometimes they don't, right? It depends mm -hmm. on what you're looking for. So normally what would happen is they give you this, it goes into your body, they push it pretty slow. Um, it makes you feel cold, or it made me feel cold when I had it last. Um, I it's think a, they may have given me It's one. just a weird feeling. Yeah. Like, um, But they use this because it's like the safest thing that they can use. Um, and she has a anaphylaxis reaction, um, which that reaction to gadolinium eh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is 1 in 10,000. So it's a really rare reaction. Even if you had an allergic reaction, it normally wouldn't be this severe. So this is one of those things where I feel like it's just added for drama, which I don't blame them. I mean, this is supposed to be a medical drama show, but it has nothing to do with anything, yeah. really. It's just, hey, let's kill it real quick. Um, so anaphylactic shock is shock caused by anaphylaxis, um, and it is normally life-threatening, or can be if you don't have, like, an EpiPen on you. Um, people probably think of this in regards to, like, a peanut allergy or a mm. shellfish allergy, things like that. Um, maybe a, a wasp sting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it is – this isn't something that you need to be like, oh, shit, what if I'm allergic to that? I could die next time I have an MRI. Like, it's it's a very rare reaction. Um, so then a tracheotomy refers to the actual incision that you're making into the trachea, which is your air pipe. Um, the opening is called a tracheostomy. Mm -hmm. Ostomy means opening, trachea, so like tracheostomy. Um, yeah, like actually having it. Because you okay. can have a colostomy, right? Okay. Where you yeah. have like a hole for your colon. Okay. So this is a hole for your trachea. Um, and these can be permanent or temporary. Um, for her, it ends up being temporary. They just open her up, shove a tube down there, get her some air once she's breathing on her own, and they um, give her the meds. Right. Up, she's yeah. good. She doesn't need it. But there are people that have permanent um, tracheostomies hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first time I, I watched the episode, like leading up to that point, I, I guess I uh, a lot of the time when something happens to a patient in the episode, you assume it has something to do with their overall condition that they're trying yeah. to find. So I thought, okay, well, she just had this reaction. Was it because of you know her underlying condition or something nah. this one they really just seem to do it for it's, dramatic shock yeah i don't know if it was like dramatic or if it was supposed to be a little bit of a red herring it kind of turns out that way yeah either way and they do explain it in the show but if you don't know medical stuff you don't know what that means like she's in an mri she's claustrophobic and then something big is happening yeah your automatic reaction is not oh it's just an allergic reaction so well, yep. I, I didn't really look into it um, in terms of what she ends up having, but I wonder if her being unable to have an MRI with contrast prevents oh. them from seeing yeah. what it actually is. Yeah. And so that's why they threw it in there, um, just to give them a roadblock so. on the way to the, the final The final countdown. I think so. Um, <laughs> it is possible they still wouldn't have seen it. Um for some reasons that we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely did keep them from being able to do, if nothing else, it kept them from being able to do certain tests later. And yeah. obviously it took a toll on her. And That's true. Didn't didn't make her any better. Yeah. That uh, that that hits pretty pretty hard, I think. Hey, can we take a break? 
Uh, you know what? Yeah, I think I think we should. We're kind of getting towards the middle of the episode here, so uh, we'll get back to it in just a minute. Okay, bye. Okay, we're back. Um, so, uh, moving on with the episode, I, I should mention that up until this point, we've been seeing Cuddy and House sort of go back and forth on his duties at the hospital. Um, Sniping at each other. Yeah, he, he's supposed to do more than just be the diagnostic uh, doctor. He's also supposed to be doing clinic hours every week, and he's supposed to be sending out billing for his patients and calling them you to know, do follow-ups. doctor and, stuff. Yeah, doctor stuff. He didn't like doing any of that. He thinks it's a waste of his time. There are other doctors who are less qualified who should be doing those things. Um, and Cuddy's not having it. I, I think she doesn't want him getting a big head about it or thinking he can just do anything. So Too late. In order to force him to do those things, uh, she pulls his authorization to do basically anything in the hospital to be able to send a patient in for lab work or uh, imaging imaging or testing or any of those kinds of things and uh, house in order to get his uh, privileges back has to agree to do clinic work so this is kind of the the beginning of it every episode we see him in the clinic and sometimes it's just a random one-off sort of problem that's just uh, injects a little humor into the episode or something other times, it gives him his big idea, the thing that he's going to, he's like, oh, yeah, why, he, didn't, why didn't I think of that? He has a lot of epiphanies. Yes, he <laughs> Man, if I could have just, like, one a year, maybe, <laughs> would, would be cool. One a year. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think that's too much to ask for, to be honest. Um, but uh, he is down in the clinic and trying to avoid still doing his work. But uh, Cuddy shows up to make sure he does it, and she gives him what she thinks will be an interesting one for him. It is a man who... He's having back spasms. He's having uh, back spasms and is orange. Yes. Uh, and House thinks that might mean that he's jaundiced and he's yellow, which would mean liver problems, I, I think. It could be different could things, be a lot of things, sure. but yeah. um, But she says, uh, no, he is straight up orange. Uh president style i don't know spray tan i don't know yes no it's not from that though so he goes into the the room and starts talking to the guy and uh before he asks him any questions about uh what might have caused this he just straight up tells the guy hey your wife's having an affair and the guy's like what do you mean why why would you say that like really offended and House points out that, well, if she wasn't having an affair, she would have noticed by now that his skin had literally turned orange. Um, again, the guy's offended, and this comes back later when we find out the man is a huge donor to the hospital, something that House doesn't know and, frankly, doesn't really care about. And find out that House was right. Yeah. Because <laughs> the guy's no longer wearing his wedding ring. Yeah, the, the, guy is, the, house, the guy is mad that House sort of put him on this path that ended up with him separating from his wife, but House was also right. Um, so House asks him if he's been eating lots of carrots and megadosing on vitamins, uh, and it turns out he has, and House says that eating lots of carrots can turn your skin yellow, 
and taking way too much niacin or vitamin B3 turns your skin red. So when you put together, put those together, ipso facto, you turn orange. Yes. So I would like to know how many carrots you'd have to eat. I can sit down and eat a one pound bag of baby carrots. Yeah. Like so Jim I'm from the office just eating his baby carrots. Well, yeah, but I've done it. <laughs> I did it. At, we were at friends night back before the quarantine. Um, I, I ate a pound of carrots without realizing so it. But yeah, um, niacin, which is vitamin B3. Um, you don't need a supplement for it. Most people don't. You get it from your food. But if you do have too much of it, um, sometimes people take it for like high cholesterol, um, digestive issues, stuff like mm-hmm. that. You get what's called niacin flush and it turns you red. It's not harmful. Um, obviously, that wasn't that wasn't like the cause of the guy's back spasms or anything. Yeah. He was playing golf. Um, but yeah, that so that would turn you red. I really couldn't find any information on just how, how many, many carrots. carrots. I mean, that's it. I would assume either it would have to be just an absolute absolute shitload, <laughs> or who's eating that many carrots? Uh, maybe something is going on with his body at some point where he doesn't process it see i would almost be worried like that he is jaundice and also the niacin on top of that because that would turn yellow too and then you'd still end up orange yeah i don't know it's not it really doesn't come back except that the guy's a big donor yeah and so now he's got cuddy has to deal with it yeah but yeah i yeah i guess medically if you ate enough carrots and had enough b3 yes you could turn orange i'm not gonna try okay (laughs) so uh house ends up seeing another patient it is a woman asthma mom with asthma kid uh (laughs) and she's concerned about his breathing and all of that stuff and uh house asks her about his inhaler and if he's been taking it and she says that she's sort of been regulating how much he takes it like taking right. him he's, off of it he's supposed to use it daily yeah. i think they say and but she doesn't want him to use it daily because she's really worried because he's so young and she doesn't want him to have all that unnecessary medication so much strong medication at such a young age yeah so house rightfully points out that you know what she's right and her doctor would have thought the same thing and therefore would have prescribed him something that was good for his age right because you know you gotta breathe yes so, with that being said, uh, it's not the worst thing to talk to your a doctor if you're having side effects from your medication that you're taking, as you should, but uh, to just straight up be like, nah, I'm not going to take it the way they prescribed it. I'm, I'm just not going to. Yeah, don't, I don't do feel that. Like it. Don't do that. Talk to your doctor. And don't if do that to your kid. Yeah. If it's too high, they'll adjust it. If it's too low, if you're having problems, it, they'll adjust it. It turns out doctors go to school for a while to learn this stuff and the internet does not have can degrees. be wrong if it has any degrees it's just the six degrees of bacon no no where you find out back on track get back <laughs> okay. on track so he's using a steroid inhaler he's using a steroid inhaler which uh house begins Epiphany. to explain to her how steroids work and how they help your system and they help with inflammation inflammation when your immune system attacks itself and he has his epiphany so he uh, goes to his team and tells them it is uh, cerebral vasculitis. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. 
and asked them to put Rebecca on high doses of prednisone. Yes. Do you so, want to know about that? Yes. Let me tell you about yes, that. Yes, please. Okay, cool. How do steroids work? So, first, let's talk about cerebrovasculitis. So, I was talking about encephalopathy and how that's a general term. Mm-hmm. So is vasculitis. So, vasculitis is inflammation of the blood vessels, and then we're talking about cerebrovasculitis, which is brain inflammation. Okay. Okay. And we already know that it's a problem with our brain, so that makes sense. So. We're talking about inflammation of the blood vessels. As we just said, steroids help with inflammation. Basically, what they do is lower your body's immune system activity. So like you said, it's kind of attacking itself at some point, and it's making it worse, and it's making you inflamed. Mm -hmm. And then you take a steroid, and it helps lower that so that it's not as inflamed and irritated. Um, So prednisone is a pretty normal steroid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So cerebral vasculitis, some of the symptoms, um, you get... Headaches, which I'm not talking just a headache. I'm talking headaches, like weeks long, months long. Mm. Yeah, really bad stuff. Um, stroke, which we already talked about a little bit. Confusion, forgetfulness, weakness, vision problems, seizures, encephalopathy, um, sensation abnormalities. So some of these make sense. Like this is a, a conclusion that you could come to. You can yeah. look at her symptoms and be like, okay, yeah, some of this is doesn't match up. Um, also, it can be its own thing. Like, you could just have cerebral vasculitis, or it can be a symptom of something else. That does happen occasionally. Um, And it's not curable, but it is treatable. Okay. So, this is, you know, we see how we got there. This isn't just a random pull it out of a hat and we're going to give her prednisone for it. It does make a little bit of sense. The thing is, he doesn't want to wait to find out if that's what it is yeah he he, he doesn't just wants wanna, to treat it he doesn't want to run the test he says we find out if i'm right by treating it right and i suppose he goes with it in this case because in his mind whatever it's likely to be won't be negatively affected by steroids which will probably i'll go on a soapbox at some point <laughs> not this episode about um, antibiotics and steroids and things being overprescribed and how we're just creating super bugs and yeah. making things worse, but not going to do that today. Well, and as we, we find out later, his his guess and his assumption and his uh, treatment is actually half right, but the cerebral vasculitis she is having is actually only the symptom. Right. And so... By him treating that symptom, at least partially, he does actually help her. For a second. For a second. Um, Cuddy actually comes in and wants him to stop it because she says, you're just guessing. Yeah. At this point, you're just guessing. And he argues with her and says, you know, it's my patient and, and whatnot. And, you know, everyone who's going to come in, you're going to see five different doctors. They're all going to give you different diagnoses based on the same evidence and, and all of that. And... I'm taking a stab at it, and Cuddy goes to see the patient and actually sees that, yeah, she's improved. Yes, she's eating. She's feeling really good. She's able to talk. She just looks better in general, so um, Cuddy kind of drops it at that point. Um, We also see uh, Foreman goes to do uh, an environmental scan. He's looking, usually when you go and do that kind of thing, you're looking for anything in an environment it could be pathogens it could be toxins it could be a lot of things that could have led to 
whatever your problem is right now. So he first goes to the classroom. Classroom's a public place. Um, and There's a bunch of gross kids everywhere. Gross kids, yeah, stuff like that. So he starts looking for mold, and he looks for pets, and he ends up finding a parrot, a uh, classroom pet. Um, and so he goes back to house and suggests that it might be something called psittacosis. Uh, house rejects it outright, says it's not likely um, because none of the kids are sick and those kids aren't going to have better hygiene than their teacher. So we, if, if it was psittacosis, at least one of them would have had it, yeah. if not more than one. Also, psittacosis just doesn't really fit. It's a disease from birds parrots most of the time i mean there are other birds but parrots are a big one um but its main thing is lung inflammation which we're seeing a bunch of brain stuff mm-hmm. so i feel like foreman was just like oh shit there's oh, a bird a parrot, so maybe this is it yeah, yeah. which i mean i get because she's probably the one that cleans the cage and like does all that but it's kind of a shot in the dark i think it's a really really bad shot in the yeah dark, <laughs> which is probably why house i could totally do better jeez <laughs> um so we go back to Rebecca's room and Wilson's kind of checking her vitals and seeing how she's doing and all of that and is talking to her about his uh, friendship with House. And at this at this point and up till this point, Rebecca has never met House formerly. She has seen him outside her room through a curtain, um, but he has refused to see her as a patient just yet. So they're kind of talking about him. She wants to know if House is a good man. Wilson thinks he's a good doctor and is his friend and believes that House actually cares about him, but he seems kind of unsure. Um, It seems like at least he wants to believe it. I feel like this is probably the first time he's ever been challenged on that. Yeah. Like, he accepts it, but this is, as we find out, a stranger, not his cousin, um, coming in and, like, yeah, really questioning it, and it's kind of making Wilson take a step back and, like, um, does he care about me? Do I do I demand enough out of my friendship with yeah. House, or is House the one getting everything out of this? Uh, so while she's talking with Wilson, and as he's about to leave, uh, Rebecca suddenly says that she cannot see at all, and she goes into full-blown cardiac arrest. Her heart rate skyrockets. It ends up stopping. They've they've got to defibrillate her to bring her back and after they bring her back they start giving her uh, some simple tests um, one of which is for her to take four picture cards and arrange them to tell a story from beginning to end and she's not able to do it until five minutes later they give her the same test and she is able to do it so we find out at this point that her ability to think that way is intermittent her ability to speak is intermittent so yeah so what they're really showing here is um it's getting deeper into her, the nervous her, system her brain the brain stem yeah. yeah um so before we were already seeing signs of this of course we already knew it was in her brain but now she's losing the ability to yeah put those pictures in order so obviously that function is is gone and then all of a sudden it's back which is really weird because it's not just like it is steadily deteriorating it is getting worse but it's also not <laughs> it, it's not like it's it's happening but it's sort of happening in almost waves it's not mm-hmm. just a a constant forward moving thing sometimes it 
gets a little worse and then it backs off and now we're we actually go backwards and now it's better again and yep. then it pushes in deeper and it gets worse so really odd for a disease to do that kind of thing um, especially when her at this point her treatment hasn't changed and they've just still been giving her prednisone and all of that uh, they haven't given her anything new they haven't stopped it and yet oh no i'm sorry oh my god my hands are cold <laughs> It is freezing. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Texas. It's 20 degrees. Yeah, but tomorrow's going to be like 90. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. Um, <laughs> That's why I have a migraine. <laughs> uh, we also find out, um, yeah, as I said, her ability to talk, uh, her ability to complete her this eyesight. test, her eyesight comes and goes. Yeah, things and, are not going well. Um, it's progressing to a point where she is losing her ability to be able to walk and um, her bowel control is failing yeah, as well. She's becoming she's incontinent. Um, so uh, we kind of looked this up and, and talked it a little, uh, talked about it a little bit. Like I was looking up, like what part of the brain would actually control both of those things—the ability to walk and your bowel movements and all of that—and pretty much what I came up with is just brain damage in general, especially yeah. when you lose the ability to walk. That affects that happens to affect the nerves that also control your ability to yeah. uh, choose when you when you have a bowel movement. So yeah. So when we're talking about muscles, um, we've seen some muscle degeneration in her, like her, not necessarily degeneration, but her ability to control them. Yeah. Um, but now we're talking more about nervous system, and we're talking about it really autonomic affecting nervous system, like uh, autonomic and then central. So, okay. That's where we're, yeah. where we're getting to. Um, yeah, so that's just going to affect everything at that point. It's really not choosy. There are different diseases that can really affect one thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, w once it starts going downhill, it's <laughs> that ball's rolling. Just kind of everything starts going to deteriorating. Shit. There's really not much holding us together. <laughs> yeah, and I think they, they sort of explain that as well, that based on its trajectory and all of that, just – things are going to start failing rapidly. Yeah. Lots of things are going to start going wrong really quickly. And depending on, I think it's Foreman that says, you know, if it's, I can't even, he, if he it's this, out, it'll take yeah. a month. If it's this, it'll take two weeks. If it's this, it'll be two days. Yeah, he says, I think he says, like, if it's a tumor, then it's going to take a while. If it's right. a pathogen, then it's going to take a couple weeks. If it's vascular, that's going to be super yeah, fast because it's going to get through your body yeah, nice really and quick. quickly. Yeah. And so house at this point is like, I don't know what to do. So stop treatment, stop everything. And we are going to watch how quickly she deteriorates. And this will give us a better idea of what it is that's affecting her. If it's a tumor, then she'll be fine or relatively fine. It, the progression will be relatively slow over the next week. If it's vascular, she's going to deteriorate real quick. Um, so he kind of turns her into a guinea pig at this point. Which, which is so obnoxious. Yeah. Cameron kind of points out that's really messed up. House, yeah, not are, ethical. We're just going to let her he start also to doesn't, die. He doesn't want to talk to her about it either. Yeah. He, he still hasn't approached her at this point. Um, and yeah, Cameron's like, hey, I don't want to do this because what happens if we do let it deteriorate and it goes to a point that we can't come back from? Which, um, yeah, that's, that's 
not, not a good, what you want. Like, not a good doctor thing to do necessarily. Um, is this also the part where we get into foreman being given a lovely ethical task? Uh, so earlier, whenever uh, he came back to talk to Doctor House about uh, the parrot that he found, yeah, that's right, the classroom. Um, House reveals that he knows that Foreman went to prison when he was only 16. He uh, did a background check on did him. Did he go to prison or did he just go to like juvie? Juvie. He went to juvie, I okay, guess. Okay, calm he down. He was arrested. Chill, um, bro. And he had a criminal record, okay, which was Yeah, sealed. it was expunged. Um, but House found out the information from Foreman's old uh, coach, I think is what he said. Or yeah, something PE like teacher. that, yeah. Um, and Foreman's kind of pissed about that. and Rightfully so. Rightfully so, yeah, for sure. And uh, House says that he hired Foreman because he wanted someone with street smarts. He wanted someone on his team that knew how to con and knew when he was being conned. And he tries to leverage that into asking Foreman to break into the patient's house or apartment and do another environmental scan there. Um, Instead of just asking for her keys. For her keys. And House just... immediately is like, oh, well, what if she's doing something illegal? What if she has a meth lab? She's going to tell you no. Um, which is stupid because it's... at the very least, if she says no, then you've exhausted that option. They don't even try to do that. Yeah. And I really just don't understand, like, <sighs> I guess if she was hiding something, maybe he's worried she would, like, call a friend and be like, hey, go do something about this. But, like. She's not, I don't, I just don't get the thingy on this. And I understand, like, from a plot perspective, he doesn't trust anyone. Everybody lies. Yeah. And even though it's a kindergarten teacher and she seems super sweet and innocent, he doesn't trust her. And that's the, the point. But it's, again, frustrating because I think it's perfectly reasonable for them to be like, hey, we've got to figure out what this is. It'd really help us if we could go look at your home. You know? Yeah. Hey, we'll take a cop with us or something so you know we're not stealing anything even if that's like an issue it, it's just annoying well i think house as you said he he doesn't trust people he recognizes that everyone lies and i think that's one of the reasons why he just gets fr so frustrated never wants to see any patients is because he is interested in figuring out what is wrong and curing it's just a it puzzle or treating it it's a puzzle and they're lying to him over something stupid or something silly or something they think is embarrassing withholds puzzle pieces from him so he can't solve it. Which, and that's a huge theme. Yeah. And also, let us just say, don't hide shit from your doctors. Yeah, they, they, they don't. They're really, not there to judge you, okay? They really don't care. They just want to help. They're there to fix whatever like, is wrong. It's hard to fix people when they're lying about stuff. Like, yeah. It's... Or hiding stuff, or, you know, not even lying, but just, oh, I'm embarrassed about this thing, so I'm not going to tell you that, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I did heroin six times. <laughs> okay, well, it was cut with something, so now there, you have this the thing. Like, there's, just yeah. tell them. And so at this point, we've got half of House's reason why he doesn't see patients is because he believes they lie, and if he never sees them, he can't lie to them, and they can't lie to him, so he would rather go roundabout way and just gather the facts yes at the source so um at this point in time with rebecca deteriorating quickly uh foreman decides uh you know what screw it i am gonna break into her house but he brings cameron along because as he says 
uh, when the cops show up, it's always good to have a pretty white girl with you. Uh, don't know how true that is, but I'm, I'm sure. I don't know. Does that sound accurate or does it even matter? Uh, <laughs> I could go on another soapbox here, but I won't. I mean, how, how political do we want to be? I don't. Or not at all? I don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you can always edit this out. Okay. Fuck the cops. A cab, I don't know. A cab. A cab straight up. It probably wouldn't matter. You had a black boyfriend and they didn't care a pretty white girl was there. They arrested him anyways. Yeah. So. Anyways. <laughs> um Okay, so they break into her house. And they all they really find environmentally, they find out that her dogs got fleas. They were looking for ticks, maybe to prove like Where's Lyme the dog? disease. Can we know. talk about that? I'm assuming since she hasn't been home for a month that Melanie's probably watching I the mean, dog. I mean, I guess, or, but it really bothered me. Yeah, just straight up no dog. Where's the dog? I don't ever yeah. see it. But they're looking for ticks, maybe for Lyme disease or something yeah. like that. But all they find is fleas, which to them doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So as they're talking, we find out as well that Cameron has a criminal record too, but hers started when she was 17. Um, and Foreman's Foreman, really bothered. By the fact that House didn't care about him working his ass off his perfect grades at uh i think they said university of columbia and johns hopkins or something sure, like that sounds great i know hopkins is one of them i know colleges <laughs> um uh they didn't care about how hard he worked house really just cared about his criminal background yeah um and foreman kind of points out well you didn't do nearly as well as me and yet you were hired, so why do you think House <laughs> What'd you do, stab you? a guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, why do you think House hired you? And this kind of bothers Cameron. But yeah. while they're there, um, okay. Foreman... <laughs> Foreman does something Foreman that really bothers me. finds lunch meat, ham specifically, in the fridge and is like, yo, I'm going to eat this. Why Which, not? Fine. And Cameron says, well, that's kind of weird. And he says, well... Should I be bothered about eating their food if I'm here to, quote-unquote, steal their DVD player? He's not, obviously, but he's making a joke. But uh, he ends up grabbing the ham, a packet of ham, and a bottle of mustard out of it. And tell and him what happens. So then, <laughs> <laughs> what this happens? motherfucker takes the package of ham, still in the package, and puts mustard on a pe- on the top piece of ham still in the package and then just like rolls it up and eats it i it ru- I, there's okay. a lot of things wrong with it one ham <laughs> is probably my least favorite lunch meat i really don't enjoy i have enjoy. problems with lunch meat yeah. period like i have some weird i have Mine some weird things and weird food ham, things because ham always seems to be the least consistent like you'll get one that's nice and you know just no, all meat nice. no. and then you grab another one and half Talking of it is gristle. about this is making me nauseous yeah it's, it's but gross but it's i also more... hate mustard and then yes and he then doesn't the make a sandwich does it. it's the worst maybe she shouldn't have bread that's fine but take the piece of ham out At and least... then put mustard on it and then roll it up why would you do it in the package i'm surprised he didn't just take the why bottle isn't that and... package in a ziploc bag it was already open. That's true. Why? And it doesn't look like it's the kind that you can just reseal. I have questions. I'm wondering why he didn't just grab the bottle of mustard. Pour and it just straight down the... Squirt straight into there. Just big old pumping squirts. Close it and like rub it together. <laughs> Broccoli did not like that noise. <laughs> no, she did not. She's got spicy beans now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. That just... You're going to get clawed to death. If I don't push paws, I'm going to get the claws. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, okay, off of that, they find him. They find him. 
He's eating ham. They go back and say to House, we didn't find anything that has to do with her symptoms. And that intrigues House. And he says, okay, what did you find that doesn't have to do with her symptoms? And Foreman says, "Uh, hey, she's not actually Wilson's cousin. We found ham in her fridge. And uh, Wilson's Jewish. So uh, as part of, I guess, being Jewish, you don't eat ham ham or pork pork. products in general. And um, Wilson tries to play it off. Says, "Oh no, of course she's my cousin." But you know, not all not all Jews keep uh, kosher, or not all relatives of of Jewish people are Jewish Jewish, themselves. Um, But he also shows his ass by calling her Rachel instead of Rebecca. Yes. So he doesn't know her name. Um, but I, house, yeah, I call her Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know her name's Rebecca. I just call her Rachel. Yeah. Uh, but House um, has his eureka moments, uh, and we finally figured it out. Uh, he yells at Foreman, even though he really should be yelling at uh, Wilson. Um, Which about... I, I think goes to show something about like his friendship with Wilson. Yeah, that he doesn't Because really... Wilson was the one that lied to him. Yeah. But, but he kind of takes out what has been discovered on Foreman for yeah. some reason. And the fact is, as the series goes on, he he really does ride Foreman the hardest out oh, of yeah. all of them. For sure. I think because he expects the most out of him. Yeah. But um, so ham is important because where there's ham, there's pork. And where there's pork, there is drumroll. That was a bad drumroll. Uh, <laughs> Tapeworms. You can just say tapeworms. I'm going to say tapeworms. I'm going to get into stuff here in a second. Yeah. specific one. Tapeworms. So, he believes she has tapeworms. What is the technical medical name for what is going on with her? Okay. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and then I'm going to kind of let you finish up with, like, the episode, and then we'll go back into this, because I have a lot of information on this. So, um, specifically, what she has is neurocysticercosis. Neurocysticercosis. Sure. Yeah. Um, which is a parasitic infection um, of the central nervous system by specifically a pork tapeworm. There is other ones for... Um, Fish tapeworms and stuff like that. Or... Uh, yeah. It, with this... So it's called... Um, here we go again with the pronunciations. <laughs> Tinaya? Tinaya? Tinaya. Tinaya. Tinaya solium. Tinaya solium. Okay. T solium. Yeah, right. That's probably what I'll call it. Um, so there's like a pork one an Asian pork one, and then a beef one in the solium families. So specifically, we're talking about this the one. The pork one. Mm-hmm. The regular, like regular American pork, pork one. Yeah. one. Okay. Um, yeah, so let's see. What do I want to talk about here? Um, so pretty much there's a couple different levels of this with um, the neurocystic cercosis. Um, we'll just call it maybe shorthand cercosis for now no because that's going to get confusing because what i'm about to talk about it's fine it's fine we're just going to struggle um so you can get like these eggs in you right so if somebody else already has um cysticercosis and then they poop and let's say they don't wash their hands and then they go make you a salad or something um don't like thinking about that yeah it probably happens a lot even in the time of our lady covid um and they have this you can get it if they have tenesis 
Teniasis. Okay, teniasis. You can also have that going on. So there's different levels. So it's teniasis when it's in the intestinal tract. Okay. okay. Um, it's cystocercosis when it's in your muscles, your skin, and your eyes. So when it just like leaves your intestines, I Yes, guess, it's going to or... burrow through. Okay. And then neurocysticercosis is once it's in your central nervous system. Okay. Which is what happened here. It got into her brain. Um, it can be caused... So the different levels of these can be caused by undercooked pork mm-hmm. um, or water that has larvae in it and then also bad hygiene. So you can't just like eat bad pork and then boom you have neurocysticercosis it doesn't work that way because it has to be (laughs) these can live in your body for like a long long time time. yeah as long as they're living and healthy like they're pretty chill and that's the thing so they don't really go into it but it's not like oh that package of ham that formate all of a sudden he's gonna have this yeah that's not how that works um this could be something she got years ago this could be you know months ago weeks before whatever Um, and it was happily living there. It was in her intestines, maybe even it got into the muscles or something. Um, you can have it in your eyes. You can have little floaters. Uh. Yeah. Um, but then this ended up in her brain and it's dying is the problem. That's where the problem starts coming in is it starts dying and so like the, it's angry. So like the, the shielding around it that normally I, I remember looking a little bit it's going to crystallize in the episode Mm -hmm. that it forms a wall around it that protects it from its from the host's nervous system or i guess immune system yeah so then Um, it's going to start getting attacked yeah as it dies that wall breaks down the system starts recognizing that it's an intruder Mm -hmm. and goes into overdrive yeah so then welcome to a lot of inflammation getting into the encephalopathy like yeah yeah we're gonna have issues So So, symptoms of this include headaches, again, not just talking about regular headaches, um, blindness, seizures, meningitis, which they do actually bring up really, really briefly. Um, Her neck hurts, She says she has a really stiff neck. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just kind of brushed off. So that's one of those things where if you didn't know about this, you wouldn't, you would just be like, oh yeah, she had a stiff neck. Um, Dementia, lesions, um, which... Also with dementia, I wanted to mention, um, dementia mention, dementia is normally thought of with Alzheimer's. Um, so people think of it as like a disease itself, kind of, um, it's actually a group of symptoms. Okay. So it's a, it's a group of symptoms that impairs brain function. So even though it's called dementia, it's not the like, uh, irreversible type that most people probably associate with. Yeah. When it's, it's not specifically like Alzheimer's an elderly person problem. Right. Yeah. It's it's it can affect anyone. It's just like a like you said, like a cluster of, of problems. symptoms. Yeah. Okay. Um so yeah. Uh they also do talk about the fact that like if you have tapeworms, adding those steroids, you would get a little better and then a little worse. Mm-hmm. Um, or a lot worse in her case. Uh because again, we're we have all this inflammation now, it's angry, we put those steroids in there. It's going to help that inflammation, but then it's just going to keep getting worse. It's going to create a cycle, yeah. essentially. Um, so I think that's all I want to mention on that right okay. now. I do have some other stuff, but we'll get into yeah. it in a minute. We'll come back to that. Okay, so uh, they um, want to test their theory by treating Rebecca, but at this point, she has just straight up decided that she wants to go home and die. She's 
tired of being an experiment, feeling like a guinea pig. She just wants to go home and end it. At this point, um, it's probably been a month and a half since this started. She's pretty much constantly been in a hospital, just been getting worse, except for that brief stint on the steroids. Yeah. She's having blindness. She's probably having these headaches. She's having the meningitis symptoms, loss of bowel control. She can't walk. I like Things aren't going good. Yeah. And Some she, depression is setting in. Yeah, she's, she's not doing well. So when House hear the, hears this, he finally wants to go talk to her he wants to see her um he really just wants to convince her to let him do it yeah and i mean he waits until the middle of the night he goes by himself when pretty much no one else would be there um he asks nurse to leave so he can talk to her alone and just straight up assaults her like and verbally assaults her just tells her she is being an idiot and that she shouldn't leave that they have the answer now and she, I'd say on her side, rightfully so, says, well, how did you know you had the right answer with vasculitis, but that's not what it was. You had the right answer with this, but that's not what it was. And he says, uh, you know, we can prove it if you'll let us. We just have to treat you. And she says, I don't want to. I just want to go home. I am dying. I can't walk. I can't control my bowel movements anymore. I just want to go home and die with some dignity. And... uh House tells her, uh, yeah, there's no such thing. Um, bodies break down. doesn't matter whether you're 90 or before you're even born. Bodies are built to break down, and dying is never pretty. It's never pretty. It's yeah. always messy, and the only way you can have dignity is to live with it. And through the conversation, they also talk about his leg and the fact that um, he had an infarction in his leg. Uh, which he explains um, is a problem with blood flow. And depending on where it is in your body, it has different names. If it's in your lungs, it's a pulmonary embolism. If it's in your brain, it's a stroke. Um, he, he kind of explains all that. And he had his in his thigh, and it caused his muscle to die. And they took too long to diagnose it, so they couldn't do anything about it. And... That also reveals why he is now on Vicodin all the time mm-hmm. is because he experienced that. It was an extreme pain, and he has been on Vicodin for it ever since. And he doesn't want people to pity him. He doesn't want people to really look at him as a cripple. He just wants to be someone who does his job. Um, well, and I think he says at the, is at the beginning of this episode, he says nobody wants a sick doctor. Yeah. And so that kind of shows how he looks at himself now. Also, he looks at himself as being sick in a way, even though it's a, a physical like um, ailment. ailment. Or something, yeah, yeah. He obviously that was really life changing for him, and he looks at himself different now. Yeah. Um. So he has this conversation with her. She still doesn't want treatment, and he goes out and talks to Foreman and Chase and. Uh, and Cameron and Cameron and Foreman are like, hey, we should, you know, get her ruled like mentally incompetent. She can't yeah. make this decision because of the brain problems. So we're just going to do this test anyways. And House says, nope, we're not going to do that. She's made her decision. Wilson brings up the fact that um, now that House has met her, he respects her too much to make those kinds of yeah. decisions she's not just paperwork she's yeah. not just a puzzle she's she's an actual person now and because he respects her he's not going to do that 
So they are ready to basically give up, but Chase has an idea. He says, hey, I know how we can prove she's got uh, a tapeworm. Um, we can do it with an x-ray. Uh, no contrast, old school, 100-year-old x-ray. Um, of the thigh. Of the thigh, specifically. The thigh muscle. They mentioned that it's not going to do any good because if they do it in the brain or whatever, they're not going to find it because they are roughly the same density as cerebrospinal fluid, which means it would all look the same. Yes. But they are a different density than muscle. And he specifically says if she's got one, she's probably got multiple. And uh, tapeworms love thigh muscle, so if they do one of her thigh, they'll probably see one. Yes. House agrees. Yeah, and tapeworms have tons of babies. Yeah. They lay like a shit ton of eggs. <laughs> Twenty to 30,000 eggs a day yeah. or something like that. And you're going to like poop most of them out, but yeah. some of them are going to end up in out. there. Yeah. So uh, they do the x-ray. They find the worm. Um, they tell her and she agrees to the treatment, which is two pills twice a day for 30 days. Yes. And she apparently gets better and goes home and that's more or less the end of it. the important stuff of the episode so let's uh, talk about not all that the stuff. end of our podcast so all right i have some facts about um t-solium and neurocystocercosis so i thought this was really interesting um it is thought to be the leading cause of acquired epilepsy worldwide so i'm not talking like you're born with it it's not Maybelline. Um, so this is a big problem. Like, this isn't a one-off type of case. This is a real thing. Um, also, it is worldwide now. Um, it used to just kind of be in developing countries and, uh, you know, bad hygiene and the rural farms and stuff and the way that they work, everything that makes sense, right? Um, but it has actually spread to Australia and the USA. Um, I did not bother getting into the exact stats of how many cases we're looking at here, but it I is actually, it is a thing. Did I you look it up? Looked at that. They um, they said that they believe uh, not specifically tapeworms, but what they called um, neglected tropical diseases, so mm -hmm. ones that are typically associated with those kinds of places. Right. Um, one doctor had an estimate that as many as twelve million people in the U.S. Uh, suffer from Are some type of those it. disease yep uh, those diseases and um, they said in particular you're looking at in the American South so our neck of the woods and in general underserved communities where things that would make it flourish as they do in these other countries the American South or South America no the American South like Texas Louisiana okay. stuff like that um, where certain things like bad hygiene, bad cooking practices, things like that, sort of emulating what you would see in some of these other countries mm -hmm. flourish. So those are the communities that typically end up being affected. I wonder how much like improper farm to table has to do with that. Yeah, especially now that everyone's loving farm to market and yeah. no I, Those are great things, and, and I, yeah. I love that in a lot of ways. Um, but you got to wash your hands, bro. So yeah, this is, a, this is a big thing. Um. So let's talk about, well, let me give you one more fact, and then we'll talk about that treatment. Um, this is my little, my little horror corner. Uh, in 1855 is when T. solium was kind of figured out, um, where they saw the 
Cystocircus cellulosi. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're just going to say where they saw the cyst in pigs, because they already knew they were there, right? Um, so this guy, Kuchenmeister, was a physician. Kuchenmeister. K-U-I-C-H-E-N-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Kuchenmeister. That's how I'm saying it. Okay. Just deal with it. Sounds like something Stop. from Let the me have it. Rudolph movie. <laughs> Kuchenmeister. Um, so he was a physician, and he knew that these were in pigs, and he had seen them in the meat and stuff, and he had this idea, right? So he was like, hey, let's take this guy that's going to be executed pretty soon and make him eat this. Yeah. So I like to think he just was kind of like, here, have a raw slab of pork chops or something. I don't know. But he gave it to him. And then after that prisoner was executed, he ripped him on open and found the tapeworms in his intestines. A full-grown little T. solium worm. So he was the first one to kind of figure out. He actually did a lot of other work with parasites and especially tapeworms. He did some really good work. So not the methods we would use today, but... uh, Many uh, of these other things were... uh reviewed by an ethics board uh, i'm not worried about it <laughs> no. okay so speaking of ethics let's talk about money mm. so dr chase tells her you're just gonna take these two pills twice a day for a month and you're good first of all that may or may not be true um the treatment on this can vary from like eight days to 30 days or longer mm-hmm. um 30 days does seem pretty average i want to know what kind of insurance she has um so, these pills, she's taking albendazole. Albendazole, yeah. right. Okay. Um, this is a antiparasitic drug therapy. Um, she would probably be taking this with corticosteroids uh, because the therapy is going to cause inflammation. So, they're going to give her steroids also to help keep that to inflammation. Help with the symptoms mm-hmm. while they're taking care of the problem. Yeah. She might also be put on some anticonvulsant meds. Um, just depends on how, if her seizures are still happening. It's in her brain. Yeah. yeah. So, um, which those are also generally fairly cheap. Okay. But let's talk about antiparasitic drugs. Um, there are two that are commonly used, the albendazole and praziquintel. Praziquintel. Something. Why do you act like you know things? You know, I, I looked up no, no, no. one of them. There's Z's and Q's. It's fine. <laughs> there's there's a, um, a P letter. I don't know. But albendazole gets better penetration. Yo. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about it. 200 milligram pills seem to be the usual. All right. Two so 200 we're, milligram? Yeah. Right? Okay. So okay. two 400 milligram doses. Um, we're taking them twice daily, 30 days. If we were to get these at Walgreens using GoodRx, which is what I decided to go with, I personally don't have insurance. So I use GoodRx for my prescriptions. Same, I'm not hiding it from you. Not hoarding it for myself. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'd give you some of that sweet insurance. So two tablets of this at Walgreens, twice a day for 30 days, you're looking at about $10,000 a month. Holy shit. How much is one dose? Like just one uh, self dose, one hundred and sixty seven dollars. Jesus. For the two pills. And that's with good RX. Yes, without. So if you didn't have any insurance, you didn't have access to 
GoodRx for whatever reason, you're looking at about $27,000 a month. And that's just for those. That's not for the anticonvulsants. That's not for the steroids. That's not for any other continuing treatment. Holy Santa Claus shit. Yes. Um, we did look a little bit at these drugs in other places, not in the U.S. Uh, and they're about $2 a pill. Or yeah, less. Um, I, while we were looking that up, that up, you were looking up those prices. I was looking up uh, just in general. And one of the articles I came across was about these... Uh, quote-unquote, neglected tropical diseases, and it brought up the fact that that same dose of albendazole, um, you could get it for about four cents for two 200 in like milligrams. Tanzania? In Tanzania. Yeah. So you'd look at, be looking at eight cents a day for your doses times 30 days. In right. the UK, you would get, uh, I think it said like two or four 600 milligram tablets or something like that for four dollars yeah so uh, significantly cheaper yeah just way cheaper and then i also Healthcare. saw somewhere that um a lot of the time aside from just the albendazole they put you on that other antiparasitic along with corticosteroids so two antiparasitics and just to kind of make sure just to cover their bases cover their bases so yeah that is nuts and it's interesting um this episode very briefly touches on it with House uh, speaking about it in passing to Wilson, but he talks about HMOs in the very beginning and yep. how he thinks that their results from their testing and all of that are more than likely just terrible, just absolute crap, because he believes HMOs are looking for their bottom line more than yeah, the health money. of a patient. They they want to just knock stuff out real quickly and they will uh, not necessarily fudge the results, but they're going to cut corners. They're going to do stuff that may not give you the most accurate. Yeah. And they, they don't have like the best doctors looking at stuff and, yeah. and analyzing these reports. So. And, and looking at that stuff. And, and then neither of us are in, we are in healthcare a little bit, but not, not that kind of healthcare. Yeah. Um, but it's just, we'll probably bring up this kind of stuff a fair amount like how yeah we have access to these medications and that's great but then the united states makes them also yeah. not accessible in a lot of ways which you know again who knows what kind of insurance she had or like how good it was but this hospital stay it and was a, these it was meds for like six weeks i mean <laughs> she's i can't screwed. imagine yeah you're alive but yeah uh, hopefully she has insurance i mean te- as a teacher in jersey well, she has a hmo yeah that's right yeah yeah Hopefully it's decent and her um, her deductible's not too high, but... Um, it ain't looking good. Yeah, I, learning a little bit about the drug itself, albendazole, they mentioned how the reason it's so cheap in other places isn't just because of government subsidies, but because the disease itself is common enough that there is a market for it, right. for people to produce it. It's rare enough in the U.S. that the one person who held the... Um, the patent on it, who actually no longer does the patents, expired. They're still the only company that makes it. Yeah. And because there's no That's competition. That's not worth it for anywhere else to, yeah. to get the patent and put the money into producing there's it. There's no product or uh, competition in it, so there's no reason to drive the price down. And that's right. one of the big problems with most drugs. If you have the patent it's or disgusting. there's no reason to drive the price down, you can control the market and keep it stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also kind of mentioned that one of... House's problems is that he does not bill his patients. 
Cuddy yeah. wants him to. He doesn't throw out his, his billing stuff. But he's not doing it. Because uh, he doesn't care. Because he doesn't about care. About the hospital making yeah, its he, money. He's not interested in the money side of things. He's not interested in the especially making the hospital money. He just wants to figure out the problem, get the patient better. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's kind of how that episode ends. Um, I had wondered before, especially about the... Um, the accuracy of it, like you, you were saying before, how, uh, you know, focusing on the cost of the medicine, but like for all the stuff that she had happened to her, is it likely that she would get better from all of that stuff or? It's a possibility. Um, from what I was looking at, it really just depends on how, how deep it was in there. She had brain lesions. Um, so how bad those were on how much of that is going to be reversible. Um, it's yeah there's no way to know without knowing her entire like medical history and how how much of it, actually being able to see the scans and read the charts and stuff yeah. um there is a possibility that most of it would go away really the ones that i'm most concerned about would be um the walking and the bowel incontinence yeah those are kind of gotten that that advanced yeah her vision seems to still be okay it was in and out but that and her language and everything seems all right so um yeah, I. That's she's gonna have some physical therapy yeah. if nothing else. So. Well, I I feel like that ends up being a problem or uh, a running theme in so many of the house episodes is that once they figure it out, they figure out the treatment. They're just like, cool, we got it. You're out of here, and they never right. really focus on are they. They're not gonna get any worse, but well, how but much the, better can they get from here? That's how it works, though. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, true. we're looking at it from house's team's perspective, and. Once that case is closed, that's off their table. It they doesn't really matter to them. themselves with... Yeah. Yeah. It, and we talked about this a little bit, too, when we started rewatching the series again. And it is mentioned in the show a few times. You know, they wouldn't have one case or zero cases. Yeah, they... That's not... Literally four, actually five, because yeah. even Wilson's helping out on this case. Yeah, that's not how that would be going. So, um, they... It's... They're not just actually sitting around twiddling their thumbs in a real hospital. Um, they're also not shouting in the hallway about all these diagnoses and medical <laughs> problems that always. There's so many me. HIPAA problems there. They're you like can't screaming across other doctors and patients, and yeah. All done for drama. It's fine. But yeah, it's I'd... it's just so fun. I just love it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that in the background. That wasn't a child. That was our cat screaming. We, we for locked us to open them the out door. of the room and they're very upset about it they very, they very much are we'll get to them soon um so uh yeah kind of the last thing i wanted to go over is just um the major things that we learn uh in this episode about each character um and like overarching plot things going on because a lot of these episodes are really self-contained what happens into them just does not fall over into the next episode doesn't have anything to do with the episode before it um but certain developments in the plot and stuff <laughs> Poor baby. sort of wow he is screaming uh they they do hold over so something that happens to a character or a change in the relationship of two characters sort right. of progresses through the series as a whole so uh we'll start with house um we learn in this one and kind of set up House. This is his first episode, our first introduction to him. Um, he's a dick. <laughs> he's, there There it is. He's 
extremely good at what he does. Um, he's arrogant about what he does. He's arrogant about how good he is at it. He does not mind uh, being ethically ambiguous or uh, morally ambiguous in the decisions that he makes. Yeah, he doesn't mind he asking He does not people. care about the rules. Yeah, he, he will do what he can to uh, figure out what's going on and to treat it, even if it may mean hurting the patient or breaking their their rights or civil yeah. liberties or something That's, like that. I don't that. think he ever wants to hurt a patient. He yeah. understands that sometimes he might make a decision where there's a possibility. I don't Well, now that I'm thinking about future episodes, maybe that's yeah. not. Yeah. Okay, fine. Keep going. He, <laughs> he's less interested in how a patient is feeling at any given moment. That's fair. Than making the better end result, in the long yeah. run. So uh, we learned that about him. Um, we learn that uh, because of how good he is at his job, he hates clinic duty, and that progresses through pretty much the whole show, um, his attitude towards clinic duty, and that provides some comic relief because he feels like it's beneath him, and yet he's forced to do it every episode. So how he interacts with the patients is very sort of blunt and uh, rude, in a lot of in a lot of ways he, he's very standoffish um i would say that we kind of learn about his relationship with wilson a little bit that wilson seems to be the only person he considers to be a friend at this yep. point um he's got a really interesting relationship with cuddy as well and that yeah. there's some history there in terms of them working together and all of that they push each other's buttons they yep. know exactly how to Yep, and sh at this point in time, she's not ever surprised at his antics right. or anything yep. like that, and she knows how to get him to do something. Um, we can point out that, like, Wilson knows that the thing that gets House to do something without complaint is enticing his mind, presenting him a puzzle, a mystery. He uses honey. He knows what House likes, and he presents that to him. Cuddy doesn't care about what he likes. He she knows what he doesn't like and uses that to right. make him do what she wants him to do or needs to do or whatever. She's the vinegar. She's the vinegar and Wilson's the honey. Um, oh, he's such a honey too. I love Wilson. He's, he's so young. Yeah. He's, it's so weird <laughs> seeing him right now. Rewatching is so weird. Um, so Cameron, we find out uh, at some point that unlike Foreman, who was hired because of his record and because of uh, house believing he can sort of use him to con people or know when they're being conned street smarts we find out he hired cameron because she is hot and it kind of i'm not even gonna comment because yeah, i don't feel good soapboxes again yeah, i don't i don't feel good about about this he points out he says well you're extremely attractive and most attractive people don't take the hard path they go the easy way they do the things yeah. that they can do this because they're attractive. They don't have to do anything hard. You could have had everything handed to you. Yeah. And instead you decide to put yourself through med school and... And do all yeah. of this craziness. And he believes it's because she's damaged. 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 on denim. Damaged on denim. Jeans on jeans. Yeah. I Every time I, I see this... Um, he says that he's not a misogynist, and yet this just makes my skin crawl because, like, the implications there of if you're hot, you don't do anything hard, uh, or 
more or less like there is no such thing as a as a hot doctor, a hot lawyer, lawyer, a lawyer, lawyer, or all of these really professional jobs. It's just it's gross. Yeah. And um, anyone can do anything if if you believe in yourself. If you believe in the power of love, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that she did work it's, really hard. It's definitely hard. a gross take. Yeah, it's it's a gross take. And we'll get like more it. into like why she was actually hired and what her damage is. Yep. Um, and all we really learned about Chase in this episode is that uh, he was hired because his daddy called and told them that they should hire him. We don't know at this point whether their dad's like a donor or on the board or something like that, just a famous doctor or something, but... There's a little bit of nepotism going on with uh, Chase being on the board, or on the on the team. We also don't know if Chase knows about this. Right. Um, Chase may also believe that he was hired for his actual uh, skills actual that skills. he went to school for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, that about wraps it up. Um, I do want to do a little corner right here at the end. Uh, I'm gonna call it the lie uh, because. Oh, yeah. House believes that everyone lies, and it seems like in each episode we have one particular lie that ends up being really important either to the patient's case or the overall narrative of the the story. So the lie for this episode is Wilson saying Rebecca is his cousin. If he had not said Rebecca was his cousin, uh, House wouldn't have assumed that she was Jewish, would not have immediately ruled out uh, neurocystisarcosis as a potential problem. We assume. We assume. I, he might have. It's. But he, he might have missed it anyways. Yeah. But like. Yeah. But you could also point out the fact that if Wilson had not lied, House probably wouldn't have taken the case. Yeah. So. But that's the lie for yeah. this episode. Wherever it ends up, whether or not it would have would or would not have gotten solved without it, that's the lie. That's the lie. So. Uh, any because closing? everybody lies. Everybody even lies. his best friend. Yep, to him in order to save a stranger, as he as he points out mm-hmm. at the very end. So, uh, closing thoughts about this episode, or uh, how, did I, you like it? What did you think? I really liked it as a pilot episode. Um, I think it had enough drama, enough character development, enough medical stuff to get me interested. Um, I think they did a good job with it. I do too. I think they uh, did a good job of setting up what type of person each one was yeah. um you kind of get you know cameron really cares about people and chase is just kind of like yeah whatever yeah foreman's angry Foreman's angry and and house Lisa's is not putting up with shit yeah house is an asshole wilson is uh very patient yeah. with with house yeah um yeah we just kind of set up all of that and that sort of pushes us into more episodes as we develop their characters more but uh, yeah, I I think that's that about covers this episode. Um, Good, I'm tired of talking. Yeah, we've been we've been doing this for a while. Um, this one's a bit of a longer episode. Uh, there's a lot of setting up and important things we need to focus on. But uh, hopefully our episodes we'll, we'll will, probably keep them around an hour. Yeah, about an hour. This we one. won't have to talk about the characters. Yeah, as and much introduce them and all yeah, that so. stuff. We'll be able to go through Bing. those a bit easier. But uh, we hope you guys liked it and. If you have any suggestions, um, if you're watching along with us or you are a fan of the series and we've watched it before and there's stuff that you, you know, wish we had focused on more or... Things that we missed that you caught. If you just hate something that we did, uh, don't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you can, just be, you can. just be nice. 
yeah, and if you if you got any questions, comments, or something, just uh, give us a, a shout, and uh, at some point we might be able to address those. But uh, yeah, we'll probably set up a an Instagram um, so that people can contact us if they want to with their ideas or any questions, and I'll probably get on that tonight, honestly, because I'm bored. Bored. Quarantine. Because right. I'm bored in this house. Okay. <laughs> Well, I think that should do it. Um, thank you for joining us here on Housekeeping with Elk and Meerkat. That's Meerkat, me. That's you. Um, we will catch you in the ne- next episode. Bye. Bye.